Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Listening to the Cricket Collective on Talksport 2 as we look ahead to the fourth and final test match between India and England in Ahmedabad. I'm Neil Manthorpe and alongside me for the next hour to debate the big talking points is the one and only former England fast bowler and double ashes winner Steve Harmison. We'll hear from England's Zach Crawley and Jack Leach, India's Ajinki Rahani, and we're also joined by former England batsman and another vital member of our commentary team, Mark Butcher. Plenty to discuss then. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on Talksport 2. Well, in many ways, it was a good job. We had uh, three days off after the third test because we needed the extra time just to catch our breath after England were beaten inside two days. Many, many talking points emanated from that. But I tell you what, Harmy, one thing that we cannot deny is that there was always going to be massive interest, as there always is, between before a test match between these two great cricketing nations. But but after that third test, you know what? More and more people, I think, are going to be tuning in earlier and earlier uh, to to listen to the action because you know all the indications are that we're going to have more of the same. Absolutely, manners. I think we're going to have. I'm intrigued to see what the England team is going to be first and foremost, and intrigued to see the surface that we're going to play on. I'd imagine what all the euphoria, hullabaloo, and criticism, or whether it was a good pitch, a bad pitch, all the talking points. There was actually it was there was more entertainment off the field than there was on the field, and that's saying something when you're talking about you know, whose opinion was about the surface. I think the, this one will be. Yes, it'll spin, but I think it might be held together for a little bit longer than 20 minutes. I think it might be a day and a half, two days. So the toss could be very, very crucial. So important for Joe Root to win it. And if he does, all of a sudden pressure will be on India because India can't afford to lose this test match. If they do, then Australia are in the in the uh, World Test Championship final. So what 
if you're an England, if you're an England point of view, do you really want to potentially take on in the Ashes the best team in the world? Because if England beat India this week, they give India, ever give Australia a chance to be the best team in the world for when the Ashes come around. Oh, what a dilemma that is for the England boys. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the pitch and let's hear from uh, Zach Crawley. I just want to say that uh, all of those people who are saying it's it, you know it's got to be better, it's got to be, you know, India surely not going to prepare another Bunsen burner. I, I think that's naive. I think that um, you, yeah. you know that that it, they're not just unapologetic and unashamed about producing pitches like that. They're proud. They're proud of producing pitches mm. like that. And um, earlier this week, Zach Crawley said that uh, England were expecting more of the same. Yeah, I think it will be a very similar pitch this week. And um, why wouldn't it be? You know, they played very well on the last two pitches with the turns. You know, it wasn't easy to score for sure, but it was the same for both sides. And, you know, they, they played very well to be fair to them. So, you know, we had our chance. We got first on it as well. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't we didn't play as well as we needed to. England, I think, have made a conscious decision probably before they even went there not to comment about pitches, not to sound like they're whinging and complaining. Um, and every team that goes to India in recent yeah. times has had exactly the same mindset, haven't they? Because, you know, they, they I think it's self-defeating as well. I mean, you know, they, if they start to talk about uh, unfit conditions and not being good for test cricket and that kind of thing, if the players do it'll have an adverse effect on themselves, um, uh, you know, apart from the way it looks and sounds to the rest of the world. Um, and But uh, you're yeah, also th- giving yourself an excuse and a way out right. to, to, um, to justify your performance when if your performance is not good enough, you can, you can kick, scream, shout, say, you know, this because of this, because of that, because of the other. Yeah, let's get this fair. Yes, the pitch wasn't a great surface, but there was also some abject batting, some poor shot selection and decision making. So from that point of view, I think England are right. And it, it is interesting. We've had three test matches so far. And the only comments have come out, the negative comments about the surface come out of this, this series so far have come from India about the first test match pitch, the surface on the, the pitch on the first surface, the surface for the first test match. Virat Kohli wasn't very happy. He passed comment on it. But Joe Roots has kept his power to drive like he should do. And I think if, if, he, if he wants to have a comment, he can have a comment on the whole series, the series as a whole, when it's finished. Um, and I think that would be the right thing to do at this minute in time. Not letting any excuses into the camp is the best way of doing things. Um, and hopefully putting a few wrongs right because the wrongs that they did make, and they did make some fundamental mistakes from a batting point of view in that, in that, especially in the in in the first innings, when the surface was probably at its best for all of that twenty minutes, um, then I think they'll try and put that right. And if they do that, it's like I said, bit of luck, win the toss. All of a sudden, it's a different game, and we've seen momentum shift so far in this series. Um, a, a, an England toss win in a good first session completely changes the balance of the series. You can question anything you like, of course, if you win. And uh, India did win the third test match, as well as the second. But after the third test match, there were some question marks coming from the Indian camp about the use of the pink ball mm. and about the, the manufacture of the pink ball. And just to remind listeners who, who may not quite have got the difference, is there are three extra, I've read and been told, three extra layers of, of lacquer, basically mm. varnish, 
that are applied to the pink ball in order to protect it and to keep it, it pink because otherwise it turns brown and nobody can see it after about 40 overs, which meant that the ball stayed really hard and also quite slippery. That was basically, a, it was like a, a toffee apple. Yeah, I mean, it had it a cotton on it. Um, yeah. I remember I was talking to Mark Wood just before the test match and he, well, in contact with Mark Wood just before the test match and he said it was like one of them cheap balls you get from, <laughs> you know, the, the the store where you get a bat, four stumps and a, and a set of bills. You get one of these cheap <laughs> balls. He said it was like that. And that's what it was like. And the, the varnish that was on it was to try and hold the ball together. And when you look back at the test match, it actually suited the... the, the it wasn't well, so much Axar Patel does spin the ball, but it actually... It, it helped the non-spin spinning ball because what it, it did skidded. That, it skidded and because it skidded it would it, it it brought DRS so much more into play and once you've got DRS into play and you've got the ball skidding and then the odd one hits the seam because another thing that Mark did say and Ben Stokes said when we interviewed Ben beforehand the seam was very much pronounced all of a sudden that is recipe for the grip into the pitch so yeah, it was just another added extra to make it more difficult to bat on. I felt rather sorry for Axar Patel, only because um, he, he all of the headlines and all of the debate and discussion about conditions rather detracted from his 11 for 70. 11, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 11 for 17, his second test It's crazy, and I, I, I made the joke on the collective the other day when we were with Ashak, and he, he said, yeah, he played. He played a, a short spell at Durham, and that's how he's. <laughs> that's how he's learned how to bowl with the uh, the bowl, the straight ball. Because it's not that Durham's pitches don't turn. It's just it's that cold as a spinner. You can barely fe- feel your fingers. So the last thing you want to do is try and work on trying to spin the ball. You're just trying to get it down the other end and bowl as quickly as you possibly can with four jumpers on. So I think that's where he's probably learned the uh, the art of bowling the straight ball, which was so effective for him. I quite liked uh, what Jeden Patel said earlier this week, um, comparing facing um, Ashwin and Akshar Patel to, uh, to to basically, he said, compared it to being like facing Broad and Anderson in England. In England, yeah. Playing against Ashwin, Akshar, it's, it's almost like playing Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad in England, where they get to do fantastic things. Well, they get to get the ball to talk almost. And so I think opposition teams would see it the same way. It's just a fantastic learning opportunity. But also, how can we succeed when we're here? Battle of survival, eh, man? It's survival. <laughs> and that, that's the thing for me. And it, the, the thing that disappointed me with the England batting was were not having a defence. That's what really got, got me going in a more critical way. I think there's only five out of the 20 wickets fell from England's point of view. I think only five of the 20 batted for more than 30 balls. That for me is that tells that tells its own story again. I think you've got to earn the right to bat in India. You've got to earn the right to get in, earn the right to score runs, and then earn the right to cash in at the other end. That's what these great Indian players have done. They get the ball, they get in, they defend the ball solidly, they get the use of the pitch, they know, you know they understand when the ball turns, they understand when the ball goes straight on, working out to manipulation of the field, then the top rotate and the strike, then the, the fielders around the bat go quiet, then the fielders around the bat disappear one by one, then the gaps start to open up, then you can milk the field, and all of a sudden, that's how you, the art of batting in the subcontinent. England didn't even get past phase one never mind getting anywhere else. So, you know, absorbing the ball, getting everybody going quietly, 
and 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 earning the right to be there after thirty balls and beyond was something that England have got to do better. A lot of people will say, but in England have been going to India for for years and year you know over half a century they've been going. Why do the why does everyone have to to learn the lessons over and over and over again? But there are as in life. There are certain cricketing lessons that you just have to learn yourself. To, You've actually got to go through it. You've yeah. actually physically got to experience it. And you, and uh, again, another one that come came at um, in Ahmedabad, sample size in Chennai, where we have nine thousand people in Chennai. We had forty thousand, fifty thousand on day one, forty thousand on day two. You know, somebody like Zach Crawley's not played international cricket in front of a crowd. You know, very very few players. <laughs> have played in front of a crowd of 15,000, never mind 40,000 in a stadium like that. So that comes with the added pressure of playing in these sort of environments. And one, I heard Chris Silverwood and he was spot on and we did it. To be fair, we talked about it talk sport, talk on TalkSport 2 last week and said, look, the biggest thing that can come out of this third test match is the experience that these young players are going to have. The ex-siblies never played in the subcontinent before. Crawley, Pope, all these guys are going to get better for the experience and hopefully they're going to learn. Next time they go, they'll be in a better position to do that. That's how Joe Root got him in the position he's in. And this has got, it had to be a, a, a D-Day moment to say, look, this is this is test match cricket in this country and the way it's played. So I don't think they'll play too many times on a surface like what they have done last week, but the atmosphere and the environment and the cauldron, boy, you know, wait till, let, wait till the stadiums fill up and, you know, this is what it's going to be like. It's just beginning to sink in to me for the first time. As you said, he's never played international cricket no, in have. front of a crowd. He wouldn't have. So no. it's n- never mind a hostile crowd. Yeah. It's, you know, friendly fire or enemy fire. Mm-hmm. They were never experienced. Never Have you played international cricket in front of... Yeah. And, the, you know, you wow. look at somewhere like Don Bess... Jack Leach, Ollie Pope, they'll have played in front of probably their most vocal, I don't know, not hostile, but ferocious crowd that they've played in front of would probably be Cape Town. Mm. And if you think, you know, what that friendly, it was more friendly than, mm. yeah, there was nobody in the Caribbean, if you remember right. There was very, very few people in the Caribbean. South Africa was busy, but it was more of a... It, it was, was more Barmy Army was more than Barmy locals. Army than, than locals. You know, you think of Pretoria on Boxing Day. So, you know, even the lads that have played a few test matches, you, you know, that was that would have been tough tough going from a, an atmospherical point of view last week to, to sort of pressurise and get your head round. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. Still to come, we'll uh, pick up... Well, Harmy will pick his England eleven. I've got no idea for this uh, for the final test in Ahmedabad. But next up, we'll be joined by another member of the commentary team, former England batsman Mark Butcher. Beats him straight away. Folks thinks he's got him. Rook wow. thinks he's got him, and the finger's gone up. Which game? And he bowled him. Washington Sundar is beaten by a beauty. Joe Root is the man this morning. Down comes Akshay. Drives. He's caught at short extra cover. Oh, Joe Root, what are you doing? Here's Root. Oh, top edge sweep has gone up into the air. Does Joe Root have a fourth wicket underneath it? Is Zach Crowley who takes the catch? Root to Jasprit Bumrah. Gets across, he stubs, it's hit him on the back leg and the finger has gone up. Umpire Chowdhury says that's it. Joe Root has picked up his fifth wicket. Five for eight. Joe Root, 6.2 overs, three maidens, five for eight. 
You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 and our preview of the fourth and final test between India and England. Don't forget, TalkSport 2 will be the place to hear live and exclusive ball-by-ball commentary of the action from Ahmedabad and we'll be on air tomorrow morning from 3.45am. Just before we uh, chat to Mark Butcher, who will be uh, up bright and early alongside the rest of us, it occurred to me that nobody thought to say... What a brilliant spin bowling coach Jeetan Patel is, having uh, overnight turned Joe Root into a world-conquering <laughs> off-spinner with his, his five for eight. He was recently confirmed, um, Jeetan, as England's full-time um, spin bowling coach, and he was uh, chatting a little earlier this week with TalkSport's own Scott Taylor. Hey, Jeets, you look at Jack and Dom here, and then you've got other guys like Mace and Amir Verdi, these sort of guys. How excited are you for the future of English spin bowling? Oh, hugely excited. I mean, you also throw in Adil Rashid, Moelli, Matt Parkinson. You know, those those guys are, are in this environment at the moment, but there's also guys back in England that, that aren't in this environment that needs, um, that, that have got exciting opportunities as well. So uh, for me, uh, it's, it's a huge role. There's a lot of people that uh, have got opportunities to perform for England. And for me, it's been able to give them the tools, I suppose, um, and the opportunities where, where the opportunities arise to, to be able to succeed in those environments. And we've seen Joe work very hard on his spinning. There was pictures of him talking to you before the, the first. <laughs> uh, yeah. where, where do you, how would you rate him as an off spinner? Oh, certainly one of three in any attack, really. I mean, if, if you take in two frontline spinners like a leech and abyss, you know that you have roots to, to then break that up. It's, it's, probably, it's probably on Ruti himself to say, look, I can bowl and I can offer. Um, the one thing he does do, which any captain does, I suppose, is give uh, his players the opportunity to go first before it's his turn. Um, but, you know, I think he's got a huge uh, offering in that, in that lineup because he, he gets the ball to arrive differently at a different pace and he gets to do different things. So in some ways, he's different to the other two. Do you think he underbowls himself? Uh, I just think he's very wary of, you know, having to bowl himself in front of anyone else. That's all. And, and that, look, being here has been an opportunity for him to see that. Playing in that last test match, taking Pfeiffer, I mean, that's pretty cool for him. But also going forward, I think it will give him that confidence to say, look, let's shake it up a bit. It's okay to take a pause in the game and then go again. That's Jeetan Patel, England's <laughs> new full, uh, full-time uh, recently appointed uh, spin bowling coach. On the line for the next uh, few minutes with us is uh, Mark Butcher. Butch, um, well, first of all, looking forward to the fourth test. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, why wouldn't you? We've been we've been a little bit starved of cricket over the last uh, six or seven days for <laughs> one reason or another. So, yeah, absolutely looking forward to it. What did you make of the the, the full time appointments that uh, England made on their coaching staff a couple of days ago? Yeah, I mean, it, it, well, Jeetan is obviously a, a terrific um, a terrific addition. Uh, he's building up a real sort of rapport and relationship with um, Leach and Beth, um, and I think. You know that sort of investment is something that has been sorely lacking in um, you know England's spin bowling stocks over the years. So uh, so that's that's terrific. He's he's widely respected. He's a very very good bowler. He's a great communicator. And um, so yeah, that's a that's a really welcome thing. Um, and obviously Marcus Trescothic is you know sort of speaks for himself. He's been um, sort of le- earning his stripes at some Somerset, looking off the second eleven and uh, sort of moving through the ranks down there. And again, widely respected. I think he's ha- I think he's had enough distance between his um, his playing career and his coaching career for him to be able to come at it 
uh, from the player's point of view anyway, from a, 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 with a lot more respect. You know, he's not somebody that's just literally stepped out of the dressing room and then, you know, poacher turned gamekeeper. He's somebody that the other players would have had, of, you know, the younger players in particular would have looked up to um, and, um, you know, who will, will certainly command that sort of respect in the dressing room. And also, you know, he was a, he was a bit of a forerunner for, uh, for English batting and English cricket. Um, in terms of the way that he played spin in particular, but also just, you know, the fearless nature of his stroke play in one-day internationals, in test matches. So, yeah, the two great appointments. Um, you just hope that, he, you know, that he can manage a couple of months on tour. You know, we've, that's already come up in the in the conversations. But, um, but yeah, a couple of good appointments. And Butch, having been, you know, our man on the ground um, and for the first two test matches, I know you haven't been in our Medabad, mm. but with all the talk about the pitch and me and Manners are even still now having a disagreement on whether it was a good service or not good service. We've heard your your <laughs> player back from, um, from the end of the test match. I'm sure your opinion's mm. the same. Um, what are you expecting? Do you think the Indian cricket board or the groundsmen will be, will be worried that more negative talk or will they not give a two hoots and go right we're going to pick the best pitch which is going to be spin friendly to take England on because that's our weakness well yeah I, I mean I, I honestly don't I can't tell you I do not know because I, I still think that if in, put it this way India before this series started before a ball was bowled were favourites to win this series right India have being that they've only lost what three test matches in a decade before the first test in Chennai at home, being that, you know, nearly all of their batsmen, in fact, all of their batsmen average 40 plus, some of them in the 50s, um, being that they have a a fast bowling unit that's been able to win twice in Australia over the last three years and a spin bowling lineup that is the envy of, of any team in the world. So, you know, before the series was, before a ball was bowled, India favorites, the fact that they've sort of, gone to playing on pitches that are starting on on the the last afternoon of day four to play against England still baffles me, to be honest with you. Because if if they do it again tomorrow and England bat a little bit better, say maybe make 200 first innings and won the toss, England have got a really good chance of beating a team that are better than them um, at playing on surfaces like that. But that's, that's their shout. You know, that, that's entirely up to them. I, my, my feeling is that they would potentially, given that they're 2-1 up, that they're in the world World Test Championship final that the series is in the bag, that they may, might look for something that is a little bit less risky to play on. But who knows? I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I again, I, I could not have predicted that they would have played on a pitch that was so different from the first one in Chennai for the second test in Chennai. Um, because I, I've played in India. You've played in India. I've played in Sri Lanka. I've played all over the place. And I've never, ever played on a deck like that. Mm. In, in Chennai, and I've never ever played on a deck that did what the one in Ahmedabad did either, and that's playing against people like Kumble and Harbhajan, etc. So I have no idea, honestly, and I wish I was there to be able to get a peek underneath the blanket and see what they've uh, they're providing for us. Apparently, it looks uh, at this stage exactly like um, the third Test match, yeah. pitch Butch. And I, but I mean, there's there's the pitch is one thing. I, I mean, but but both you and Michael Atherton both wrote, I thought, excellent articles um, in which you pointed out the role that uh, DRS played in the third test in particular and also yeah. um, the weaknesses in, in particularly England's batsman's techniques. Well, yeah, there, there is that, Manners, but I will also point to the fact that four out of England, India's top six are averaging less than 35. One of them is Virat Kohli averaging 34. Um, Pajara is averaging 23. 
Gill, who's a youngster, is averaging 23, and, and the Jinky Rahani is averaging 17. So, you know. This is in home tests, right? No, no, in, in this test match series. Oh, sorry. In this series. In this series, the, the Indian batsmen, top order batsmen, of, of row hit aside, have not found it straightforward either. You know, and these are guys who have all average 40 and above in test matches. So, you know, you can point, of course, again, I go back to the fact that India are, were favourites and have a bat. You know, in England have only got one guy who averages in the 40s in test matches, and that's Joe Root. Everybody else is 30, right? So it's a mismatch anyway, let alone playing on surfaces that even the Indian batsmen are finding difficult. So, look, I mean, people, are, people seem to be sort of wanting to bend over backwards somehow to to defend these surfaces. I find them indefensible. But then, but that's just, that's my opinion. And lots of other people have got different ones. And the side, Butch, do you, you know, does England's side more or less pick itself when you think Wilkes has gone home, so they've got 16 men out there. You've got two fast bowlers in, or three fast bowlers in Wood, Stone and Archer. So you're probably looking at one of them going to play. Yeah, you have to really pick Don Best, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. What, I think it's pretty straightforward. I think best plays for Broad. Yeah, um, and that's it, really. Uh, again, you know, for the for the last Test match, I was, I, I was, <laughs> I didn't think that bringing Johnny in was a great call, even though um, even though Rory Burns has, has struggled a bit. But I do think having you know again having played out there, that having two Test matches under your belt over there and getting some sort of an idea as to as to what's coming and how the bowlers are attacking you and the pitch is turning, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know, that would have given Burns perhaps a better chance than Bairstow of, you know, particularly given that they were going to bring Crawley in anyway. So, that, so you had two guys who've walked in cold, really, although Crawley has obviously been in, in India beforehand. Um, and so I wouldn't have made both changes. But having made the change, Bairstow stays, the batting lineup stays the same, and you just you move out of Seamer and replace him with a spinner, and that's pretty much that's pretty much it, I think. OK, so you would go with Johnny Bairstow again, even though he made a pair in the last test? Well, yeah, I mean, because why, why would you bring him in and then leave him out and bring the guy in who was in there already? I think the mistake has already been made. <laughs> <laughs> I think they already made the bad call. Um, don't compound it by then changing your mind. You know, just give it, just just leave it as it is. Um, you know, England might actually. I mean, there is a there is an argument to say that because Axar is causing all the right-handers so many problems, it might not be a bad idea to to bring in another left-hander. So, so get Burns back in. Leave out one of the right-handers, Johnny Bairstow, um, more than likely. Have Crawley go in at three, although he enjoyed the fact that he was able to bat against the seniors, and why wouldn't you? Um, and, you know, see how you get on that way. But to, to be honest with you, I think it's you know, the difference that it will make one way or the other is probably not great. So um, whichever way England goes, fine. And can I just add this? The, uh, turning pitches, I have no issue with turning pitches, can we please stop misrepresenting the difference between a pitch that turns and a, and a pitch where the ball kicks up puffs of dust and explodes through the surface from the, from day one? That is that that is the essence of the difference between a turning surface and a surface that is so underprepared that has seen so little water that the ball just bursts through it from the moment that you start playing on it, and that is the difference. No issue with turning pitches whatsoever. Played on plenty of them. But pitches where the ball, where you have no idea how the ball is going to react when it hits the surface, are not prepared properly, and that's that's my final say on the matter. <laughs> Good on you, Butch. Well done. Rest Thank my you. Case. <laughs> case case rested, Butch. <laughs> we shall uh, we shall see you in the early hours. Thank you Look very much for your time. Cheers, Thank Butch. You.
You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and the former England fast bowler, Steve Harmison, as we continue to look ahead to the fourth test between India and England in Ahmedabad. If you missed any of the show so far or you wish to catch up, you can listen back to the podcast on the following on feed, available via the free TalkSport app. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Here's Axel Patel, balls straight past all the gear and no idea. Sure gets oh. old here. That's out. Here's Ashwin again. Stokes comes forward, struck on the pad. Massive appeal for leg before. Up goes the finger. Here is Axel uh, again. Another appeal for leg before. Wicket up goes the finger. Joe Root been given again. Oh, got him. That was a crackerjack delivery. Never mind, that's gone. Anderson goes for the reverse sweep. And he's been given out. England's second innings is over. They've been dismissed for 81. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. As we continue to uh, look ahead and uh, prepare in our build-up to uh, the fourth and final Test match. There is a great deal at stake. There is still uh, the series trophy, which uh, England can uh, retain with victory. India have to avoid defeat in order to make sure that they reach the final of uh, the World Test Championship. So there is a lot at stake. And as I mentioned in the first uh, section of the programme, 
I think uh, all the debate about the pitch has just um, it's it's whetted the appetite to such an extent now that I, I mean in you know in the same way that people used to watch Formula One racing in the 1980s because they knew they'd get a crash on yeah. the first corner. <laughs> there's, there's that kind of macabre, slightly dark sort of humour that people are going to be looking at this now and thinking, oh, I can't wait to see what what happens with the pitch. Yeah, if it wasn't a case, if it was a four o'clock in the morning start, I think everybody <laughs> would be. It would just be unbelievable. Yeah. But look, it's going to be fascinating to see what both sides do because Mm. if we get a surface like we did previous, it'll be interesting to see what what Mark Butcher was talking about and that's why I agree with him that I don't think the surface was good enough for the test matches because the the surface was being broken. Was was it the red ball, was it the pink ball? And that's what we're going to find out Mm. tomorrow morning because if we get a similar type of surface where the ball the ball spins early but it doesn't break up we can put it down to the hardness of the pink ball the lacquer on the pink ball has has really disturbed the surface and that's that's what caused the the other issues in last week so that that's going to be intriguing if they're going to have a similar sort of surface what does india do do they because Jasper Boomer's gone home. He's came out of the bubble for for personal reasons. Um, do they go with because they just need a draw? Do they go Hartik Pandya at six, um, Pant at seven, play the three spinners and only play one seamer because England's top order are very very vulnerable against the seam uh, against the spin. Do they open the bowling with Ashwin, then hit them with Axar, then hit them with Washington Sundar, and only really have Ishant as their as their seam bowling option because of England's top order's inability to play spin? Um, it was there in Sri Lanka. It's there. It was there. It's been there so far at, at some points this summer. Um, and playing for a draw, I don't think it's possible. Because can any team play for a draw? I these don't days? think not so much any team can play for a draw at this minute in time. You take Joe Root out of this series and Rohit Sharma. Then, to be honest, but all all the batsmen on show have haven't really sort of you know got anything to write home about. So, <laughs> to bat for bat for five sessions or six sessions to get enough runs on the board to make it potential like draw in the test match, I don't think these. I don't think there's ten batsmen or twelve batsmen in this in this lineup in the two teams lineup are good enough at this minute in time, are batting well enough at this minute in time to do that. So that tells me that we're going to be in for possibly a four-day test match or just just into the, the fifth day and we're going to get a result. Just for the benefit of our younger listeners or those who are fairly new to the game, I just want to go back to a point you said that people might be think, shaking their heads thinking, what what is Harmy talking about when you said that they might play one seamer? Now... History would tell you just go, go back and look at Kapil Dev's record. He played over a dozen test matches as the sole <laughs> seamer. seamer. The yeah. sole seamer. Sunil Gavaskar has opened the batting in test match, uh, opened the bowling for India in test matches. And he, his job was to come on and bowl three overs with the new ball, take a bit of the shine off it, get hit into the bleachers. Well, I did that in Pakistan t- with Marcus Triscothic. I think it was me and Trez opened a bowl in one of the test matches in. And you played three spinners. And we played, I think we played three spinners. We played Udal. Oh, who was the other one? It wasn't Monty he hadn't played by then. Giles would have been there. Um, I can't remember who the other the other spinner was, but Mark Butcher did it. Mark Butcher opened the bowling. Mm-hmm. I think he got two or three for in. Uh, I might, might actually have been Ahmedabad. Uh, Ahmedabad or Nagpur. Mm. I can remember Butch these little wily swingers just <laughs> just just rocking them out onto off not onto off Not unlike not not. 
too dissimilar mm. to Trez. So uh, England haven't got three. Well, England have got three spinners in their their team because we can't say one of them's a part timer because he's just getting five for eight. <laughs> so England's team, I think. I think England's okay, team yeah, picks let, itself. Let's go for it now. I just think okay. it picks itself. I, I, I think they'll. I think they'll stick with the, the top. You're three. You're leaving the top. I think the top three will stay the same, unless unless Butch makes a good point there. Unless they want to try and get the left hander Burns in, because Burns in that first Test match, first innings of first Test match, he must still be waking up in cold sweats after that reverse sweep, uh, even now. But he looked quite comfortable until that happened. Um, obviously, since he's he's been left out possibly change him for Sibley and say, right, Burns for Sibley to, to, to break the left-right-hand combination. But I, I really don't see that happening, England doing that. So I think Crawley, Sibley and Besta will play as one, two and three. You've got Yeshuins, which will be four, five and six, which will be the four, five and six for for you know, the majority of this Test match calendar year in route uh, Stokes and Pope. So that's interesting that you've got Pope as a shoe in because there has been some debate. I mean, he, he got really found out by Ashwin in both innings. Yeah, I, I, look, I don't, I don't. My, I'm, it's more the experience for me of what Ollie Pope is is getting right. valuable. Expect. And I we am, all know I am, how good he is. I am so. giving. I am. I'm looking at Ollie Pope, and I am value. I'm putting a lot on his head and a lot on his future, and I'm investing a lot of it in um, time. Um, leeway and failure I'm giving him a chance I'm giving him a chance to fail because I want him to see what he's made of to potentially come back because I think this kid's got what it takes to be a, a, an international test match cricketer so okay, I think seven. he has to he has to play at six folks seven I want to hear your bowling attack you've man. got to play you've got to play the two spinners in my opinion I think you have to if we're going to play on a, on a surface like this, um, which would be would be best in would be best in Leach because there's they've, you've got Crane, you've got Verdi, you've got Parkinson, but not for me, not bringing anybody out into into the bubble for for playing. And then it comes down to: Do you pick Anderson? Probably would. I would. I would go with Jimmy's experience playing Jimmy. Uh, even though I would like to, have, if I'm looking at the surface and thinking, well, what am I going to get? Jimmy gives me a bit of control, gives me some nous with a new ball. His his ability because of he's getting six hundred text wickets and his and his brains and his know how. Jimmy will find a way of getting wickets. We've seen that in the first Test match. He, got, he bowled one of the overs of the he series. He got one of the overs of the series in that first te- in the second end of that first Test match. Didn't change a game because I think England were going to win the game anyway. But you know that that's what Anderson can do. So because of that, I'm picking Jimmy. And then Archer didn't do anything last week. Um, other than you know, field for bat for a, a little bit and field for a for a deer for for what half a deer, so he probably hasn't exerted himself. I'd probably go with Archer as much as I'd want to go with Wooden Archer, because I'm thinking it, the seamers on this sort of surface is got to be impact. It's got to be you know they're going to have to get me something that you know there's, there's, uh, out of nothing because if the spin bowlers aren't working I'm going to need an impact from a, a, a seamer point of view I'd be tempted to go with Wood and Archer but if I've got a fully fit Jimmy Anderson his experience and his know-how and his wicket taking just, just supersedes that so I'd probably not pick Mark Wood because Jofra Archer was the one I'd gone for in the first place and stick with Archer and, and, and Anderson as me two, uh, me two seamers it's basically one change then. Best it's for broad. One change. It's best. It is. It's best for broad. Um, and throw them back out there. That that would be the the the, the thing I'd say to them. You know, you've got a chance of creating something special. We draw two two. It's a that would be a monumental 
result in this series if we go 2-2. Mark Butcher just told you, up until this test match, up until this test match series, India have lost three test matches in a decade in India. <laughs> For us to win two here, two in Sri Lanka, and win four test matches and lose two in this winter, it would be a ridiculous achievement as for a young side. So all that negativity, put it to one side, go out there, give it everything we can for five days, and if we can manage to win this test match, you know, this, this at the end of our careers, this will be talked about and some you know proud moments of it. And I think that's what England have got to hold hope on. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2. We're looking ahead to the fourth and final test between India and England from the Sardar Patel Stadium in Ahmedabad. Next up, we'll be heading to Delhi to get the Indian perspective from the Indian cricket writer and broadcaster, Chetan Narula. This is TalkSport 2. Root again. Down the wicket goes Rohit Sharma. Swings it high and wide over mid-wicket for six runs. And India have won this test match by ten wickets. we just got to keep looking to get better. It's, it was a tough week, but it's a week that shouldn't define us as a team. You know, we've got some fine players in the dressing room. Um, some young guys that we'll have to learn quite quickly. Uh, and um, we've got to bounce back strong in this last game. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 and our preview of the fourth and final test match between India and England. Don't forget, TalkSport 2 will be the place to hear live and exclusive ball-by-ball commentary of the action from Ahmedabad. And we'll be on air from 3.45am. On the line from Delhi is uh, Indian cricket writer and broadcaster Chetan Narula. Um, Chets, uh, are you expecting anything other than more of the same? <laughs> um, no, Neil. I think uh, Ajinkya Rahane has come out and said that it's going to be a spin-friendly wicket. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> a lot of people can lie. But if Ajinkya Rahane says it's going to spin, then it is definitely going to spin. I don't think India will uh, try and lose that chokehold over England in this fourth test match, which is important for them. Yeah, it is. Place in the World Test Championship uh, at stake. India just need to avoid defeat. But I don't think avoiding defeat is um, on anybody's minds at the moment. Uh, No, I think India would want to win the series 3-1. And certainly the pitches that have been made uh, have kept that in mind. And I think uh, there's been a lot of debate about the pitches, but it's more to neutralise the English spinners than than to, say, neutralise the English batsmen, really. I mean, they they made spin-friendly pitches and let's see whose spinners are better. And as expected, India's spinners have come out on the top. Um, now, you mentioned Ajinkya Rahani there. We're going to hear from him uh, yeah. just now because I, when I think of calm, cool and collected amongst Indian cricketers, I think of Ajinkya Rahani. But um, he was asked a couple of days ago about his own form and particularly there's one stat that um, is comes as a real shock and that is that since the last time in England were in India for a test series... Ajinkya Rahani, in that time, at home, has played 22 test matches and averages just uh, a shade over 30. So, um, you, you know, that it's it's interesting that so few um, questions have been asked about his place in the team. Anyway, um, so cool, calm and collected Ajinkya Rahani. This is what he sounded like. This is what he sounds like bristly. I was expecting this question. I mean, thankfully you asked. I think you need to check your facts, right? Uh... 
you know my contribution uh, for the team whenever the team needed runs uh, my runs are there so you need to focus on your facts and then come up with the question i'm you know i'm a team man everyone knows that and whenever team needs uh, to perform in that particular situation i have always uh, done that so i'm not too concerned about it yes as a player i always look to learn look to grow as a cricketer which is really important and i'm looking to do that thank you Chetan, did he ever write to be a bit prickly? I think so. I mean, there's a lot of uh, debate, unnecessary debate about Ajinkya Rahane and his contributions in the middle. Um, every batsman at times has ups and downs in their career and Ajinkya Rahane is no different. He's had ups and downs. There was a time when he didn't score too many runs, but he's always been important to India's middle order. Um, yes, some may say that he has a deficiency against the uh, off-spin, especially when he starts off the innings and that's the that's the time when he can be picked off easily by spinners especially when playing in india uh, but his record is impeccable i mean every series he's had half centuries or centuries in there he's 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 had that sort of record if he's not getting hundreds he's at least getting you half centuries and vital half centuries which ha- which which he has done in this series as well i mean the half century he scored in the second test was very vital so um you don't always need to reach three figures do you neil i mean that's the kind of uh, <laughs> if that's the kind of criticism i think uh, that's not a very valid criticism of ajinkya rahane and the, it's not the only one chitin when you look at the at the batting lineup you main manners have been talking for the last sort of 50 minutes here thinking what sort of surface yeah. and india just you know india just need a draw to get to the test championship you know but on both sides both both batting units aren't firing on all cylinders for as uh, all cylinders you look at since january i think 2020 pajara's averaging 28 rahani 27 kohli 26 um there's only really sharma and shubman gill who's in his infancy of his career and sharma you know got got 500 nod runs in uh, in no time at all but both sides are struggling to 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 really sort of hit form so a draw you'd think because it's not going to rain in india a draw will be out of the question <laughs> oh yeah i think draw is absolutely out of the question i think we will have another result oriented wicket this might this might actually take longer because um, a lot of people talked about the pink balls efficacy in the third test match I i'm think not sure it can take any shorter to be longer. honest cheating <laughs> yeah it can't be any shorter can it um So yeah I think the red ball will factor in and uh, without the dew and the lights and everything I think it'll be again red ball test cricket 3 4 days or 5 days I don't know um it depends on what sort of pitch and what sort of batting I think uh, we need to see better batting in this test match as well and uh, another point that I want to put on um, air uh, because Ajinkya Rahane's batting stats have been brought up Virat Kohli hasn't scored 100 in a while now it's been a while since he scored a test 100 or in, or in 100 in any format to be honest uh, ODIs or T20s for that matter so uh, these sort of questions keep on coming every now and then uh, in terms of uh, india's batting uh, there's always criticism and everything but yes uh, one of the key factors that as neil also pointed out it's just been rohit sharma who scored some runs in the top order even cheteshwar pujara hasn't managed to score too many runs so for their part or for their credit england have managed to keep the indian batsmen quiet it's the indian spinners that they haven't been able to mm. so i think uh, if they can find a solution for that um, maybe this might be a different result and there's been a lot of talk over here about negativity about pitches and stuff for like that what's it been chattering over in india um well it's been divided 
to be honest. I think a lot of fans have also said that, okay, you know, test matches should not be ending in two days. Yuvraj Singh tweeted the same. Uh, I think a lot of people have also thought the same. I also thought the same for, for a degree that, okay, maybe two days was too quick. But again, there are so many factors that's been involved. I mean, I think the biggest factor has been the pink ball, which we haven't talked about enough. I think... Uh, the extra pace that the likes of Akshar Patel found, or even Jack Leach for that matter, the extra pace that they found, or even Joe Root, who, who bowls part-time off-spin, but suddenly he found that speed and the line and length to bowl to batsmen, even if lower-order batsmen. So I think the pink ball was the bigger factor. There's a school of thought that if the third test had been played with the red ball in day conditions, it would have ended on day three or day four. So uh, yes, it was a short test match. Yes, the pitches have been spin-friendly. Uh, but again, home advantage is also something that is of paramount interest. I mean, Steve, you'll be there when India tour England this summer. Do you expect uh, pace-friendly wickets, green tops? I mean, that, that is an open open question. Isn't yeah, it? it's going to be interesting. But I think a lot of county, I think five county chief executives might have something to do with their beer sales on day four and day five after a, a global <laughs> pandemic hit their coffers very, very hard. Might come into conversation with their groundsmen on what sort of surface Joe Root and his men are either ask for or get so it's going to be, it'll be that'll be interesting it's another side story where do you see this India side change do you think they'll they'll obviously Bumrah comes out because of obviously he's left the group for, for personal reasons yeah. I've just said to Neil would India potentially play an extra batter and push everybody down one um, and only play Ishant Sharma because of how poorly England have played spin because they've got the three spinners? It's a crucial factor, yes. I think uh, that is a possibility, but they already had three spinners in the previous test match. I mean, if you play four spinners, that might be pushing it. I mean, it, it would be similar to what they did in 2012 in the last test at Nagpur, uh, which they needed to win, but ended up drawing. So, uh, I think they might be uh, they might be tempted to play an extra spinner or an extra batsman for that matter. But but who are you going to play really? So I think an extra pacer just simply slots in because again it's the red ball and if it's, uh, it's if it's an abrasive surface then reverse swing might come into picture. But again uh, it, it will just depend on how long England batsmen bat, how long they can counter the. Indian spinners for a reverse spin to, in fact, become a part of uh, part of the conversation, really. So, uh, from from what I gather, I think it'll be an extra pace, and it'll be either Umesh Yadav or uh, or Mohammad Siraj coming in to replace Jaspreet Bumrah. Hardik Pandya, I was thinking, given that he's only going to bowl four overs mm. before the spinners come in and bowl the rest of the innings. <laughs> anyway, uh, actually, the, on the last question, though, uh, Chetan, if I may, yeah. for for most of my. Um, cricket broadcasting and writing career in the last 30 years. India have not done themselves justice. They've um, been inconsistent and they've underperformed and they've had star players but very little cover. Uh, Now um, they are in their rightful place, I I think. I mean, has Indian cricket ever been stronger? Has there ever been more depth? Has there? Uh, do do you feel that, that that they're finally now dominating world cricket on the field as well as off it? Um, I think it's been a short uh, duration to come out with that sort of a statement. I think uh, they need to do it for a longer consideration of time. Uh, maybe if, if we can have this conversation over the next two years, 
that'll be that'll be a sufficient amount of time because they would have toured England they would have they should they would have toured South Africa I mean you you saw the South Africa series last time around 2018 India should have won there or even England for that matter so we have those two overseas series we will have Australia coming back home again in uh, in 2022 there are T20 World Cups look what what this has done what this period has done what this tough period of pandemic has done is it has shown world cricket that yes there is a lot of depth. I mean, you go to Australia and you win with your third string bowling lineup or a third string 11. That means you have enough quality cricketers available who can compete for the title of the best cricketers around. So it just needs to be done regularly and repeatedly. Uh, I think the blueprint is there for world domination, if you can say so. But to achieve it, to talk about it and to achieve it are two different things. And Let's not let's not forget that Indian cricketers play a lot more cricket than anybody else. I mean, these cricketers will have no rest. They'll have ODIs and T20s, which, for the benefit of our listeners, is available on Talksport too. <laughs> uh, but then they'll also have the IPL, and uh, then they'll straight away jump back into international cricket. So uh, the, the burnout factor is a question mark. Uh, but then again, like I said, uh, it's about longevity as well to achieve uh, achieve these uh, targets. Chetan, always great to chat. Thanks for your time once again, hey? Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Neil. You've been listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 in our preview of the fourth and final test match between India and England in Ahmedabad. If you missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can listen back on the podcast uh, on the following on-feed, available via the free TalkSport app. But set those alarms, everybody, because we'll be back for live and exclusive commentary of the fourth test match on Thursday morning. We're on air at 3.45. From me and Steve Harmison, cheers for now. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 